0: Welcome to the All About Setwork podcast. In this podcast, we talk about all things setwork. That can include training tips, a behind-scenes look of what your instructor or trial official may be going through, and much more. In this episode, as part of our ongoing series where we're talking to participants of cyber Cybersetwork, we're talking with Tracy Martin about herself, her sniffing journey, learning a little bit more about her dogs, and also her experience in participating with cyber Cybersetwork. So before we start diving into the podcast episode, itself, let me do a very quick introduction of myself. My name is Diana Santos. I'm the owner and lead instructor for Setwork University, Dog Sport University, and Pet Dog U. These are all online dog training platforms that are designed to provide high quality dog training instruction, and we're very fortunate to have a client basis worldwide. For Setwork University in particular, we provide online courses, seminars, webinars, and eBooks that are all designed to help you achieve your Setwork training goals. So whether you're just getting started in Setwork, you're trying to develop some more advanced skills, or if you're interested in trialing, we have a training solution for you. Now that you know a little bit more about me, let's head into to the podcast episode. Self. In this episode, I have the distinct privilege of speaking with Tracy Martin, a professional dog trainer who has participated in Cyber Scentwork because again, we're having this really fun series (laughs) I'm so excited for. We're listening to people who have actually gone through the Cyber Scentwork program and we're trying to hear what their feedback is. But in addition to that, we also have the opportunity to hear from Tracy about her actual journey into Scentwork, as well as learning a little bit more about her and her dogs. It's all really fascinating stuff. (laughs) So let's have a listen in on that conversation. I really do want to thank you for joining us for this podcast episode. Again, we're having these conversations with Cyber Setwork participants, but I want to really just know a little bit more about you, about your journey, about your dogs, about Cyber Setwork, your participation, you know, everything. <laughs> so you want to just uh, introduce yourself so everyone can hear a little bit more about you and how you started in
1: Setwork? Absolutely. I am Tracy Martin. I am in the middle of the United States in Kansas. I have my own business, dog training business, and I teach puppy classes and started teaching nose work classes approximately close to two years ago now. I discovered nose work many years ago, honestly. Probably about five years ago or so was when I had two dogs. And so I was, you know, just kind of playing around with it, nothing serious. Doing kind of more the marker method of, of getting them onto odor. And then I just got busy with life and, you know, we, we just didn't, didn't continue with that. And so I came back to it um, about two and a half years ago, kind of more seriously. Doc and Maybell are, are both older now. Um, Doc is, is 14, Maybell is 13. And I discovered then National Association of um, Canine scent Work and started doing more research and more studying and more and discovered the another method of training, those work, um, where you focus more on the Hunt drive and you know building that up, dogs' independence, that the handler's not really involved much in the beginning. It just gelled more for me, and I and I've gotten very obsessed with it. Um, so I you know signed up for um, the certification program through NACSW to get my instructor certification because I was had been. Teaching those were classes previous to that, but I wanted to incorporate this new methodology, and I wanted to do it officially. When I do something, I like to do it as you know, to the best of my ability. So I did that, um, and I'm still in that process. I actually did, does complete all of the requirements for the CNWI. I just haven't gotten a official notification yet um, that I that I'm now a CNWI. Um, very exciting! Yeah, 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 yeah! Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I thought that I would be using uh, my oldest Doc Holiday, for my odor recognition test, and I thought we might do a little bit of trialing. He is very active still for um, a senior dog, um, and really enjoys scent work. But he has some health issues, and so I needed to kind of put the brakes on that. And so I adopted a new dog, a younger much more energetic (laughs) dachshund and um, so we're we're kind of starting the journey over with the methodology that NACSW supports of starting on food and you know going through that so did just pass our ORTs recently but he's doing great and I'm congratulations yeah thank you thank you Um, he's a lot of fun he's a lot of work but he's a lot of fun I teach three to four classes a week, an intro class. So primary, where the dogs are searching for primary. And then I have a a second level of that where we're um, outside. And then um, I have intro to odor where we're putting dogs on birch. And then a second class of that where we're continuing on with birch. um, And then also introducing anise and clove. And it's been fantastic. I think that there is four Folks that are trainers, that are kind of geeky trainers, the methodology where you're, you know, putting, you know, putting indications on your dog and putting your dog on odor rather quickly and all of those things. I think there's, I, I understand the, the draw of that, but I think for the typical dog owner and dog, I find the NACSW methodology is more appropriate, works better, and it works for everybody, whether they're the geeky trainer type or the, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but, um, so it's been a really good experience. I'm, I'm really enjoying teaching those classes.
0: That's amazing. And I, I love the fact that you're sharing all of that with our listeners, because it's something that I think that people forget just with dog training overall, is that there's lots of different paths that you can take to get to the same exact goal. And it doesn't mean that, you know, one path is right and all the other paths are wrong. Even for the operating training that you're talking about. I mean, I'm absolutely, I'm a CNWI as well. I follow the canine nose work training method. I'm really big advocate for it. But I do think that there is something to be said that if you had something, let's say a dog who was just extraordinarily footsy, no matter what you did, they were like, smashy, smashy, smashy all the time. I think that once they understood what it was that they were doing as far as the game was concerned, that maybe then doing some operant training in order to get a final indication on them makes perfect sense. So I think the the great thing about hearing about your story is that we can empower ourselves to figure out what works best with ourselves and with our dogs, and then also being open to change, that we don't become too dogmatic, that we do look for what's going to work best. And that if we can pick and choose, you know, what is going to, again, best help what is that we're trying to do with our dogs and our handlers or as instructors and trainers, what's going to help each of our clients, because it may not all be the same answer. The more tools in your toolbox is awesome. So I really do appreciate you sharing that, because I think that people get really worried that they're like, oh no, like I'm gonna have to like sneak over here and do this. Like, no, you're you're no one's gonna yell at you. It's fine. If are you hurting anyone, not hurting anyone, then by all means. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. I do think that ultimately the end point is the same. However you get there, it's the same. As long as your dog's having fun, as long as you're having fun, as you know, that, that the, the end point is the same and how you get there doesn't really matter. I, I appreciate that. I, you know, that I've got now all of that experience that I've tried it all. And that will probably not all of it. I don't know that it's possible. Try it all, but I've tried enough of it now that I can, you know, sort of pull from different places. And yeah, you're absolutely right. That, um, you know, some dogs are going to be ready to, to start certain things sooner than other dogs. And uh, it's, it's nice to have that that knowledge. Um, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just such a big thing. I hope they don't discount the fact that you probably are, have more to offer for clients because you have all these additional tools, as opposed to someone who just made very tunnel vision be like, no, this is the only way I'm going to do it. I'm just going to pretend these other things don't exist (laughs) because that's not really helpful. And it's just not realistic, right? At the end of the day, we need to be able to recognize that every single dog is an individual, every single person is an individual, and then the team is an individual. And they may actually have different journeys where you may think that, okay, well, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z and for this general team, and it's going to be great. And they're going along their journey and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, something brand new comes at you. And you're like, "I've never seen that before." As an instructor, what do I do? Yes, <laughs> so I, having all um, those tools is good.
1: This this last round of intro class, um, we have an Afghan hound in in that class, and it's been fascinating to watch him. Um, I wasn't sure that we we ha- we've had a whip that come through classes too, and the hounds are different. The side hounds are different it's been really cool to watch this Afghan develop because he came into class initially like I don't know is this really what I want to be doing and now he's like pulling mom into the search area and like don't worry mom I got this it's 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 been really cool that's amazing
0: yes Uh, and that's thank you so much for bringing that up too because there are absolutely breed differences and I have adored working with the sighthounds because I don't know if you've noticed this yet or maybe this is just me but it seems as though once they understand first of all that it's a reinforcing thing for them to be doing because they're like is there a bunny there's no bunny okay I'm going to go take a nap you let me know when when there's something worthwhile um yeah. but once they figure out like oh okay like this is bunny-esque you know? I find them to be extraordinarily true to odor, whether it's food or anything else, whereas other dogs almost seem to try to figure out a, a like a straight path through a plume. The scent hounds, at least the ones that I've I've worked with, will actually follow it absolutely precisely in this most snaking kind of way and it can drive the owners crazy in the beginning because they think like oh my god my dog is so slow like look at all these other dogs they're searching so fast i'm like just wait because there are going to be some times when that odor plume is so complicated and those other dogs are going to be making assumptions and they're going to miss it your dog is going to be able to get it and they're going to be able to get it a lot quicker and sure enough you would see that in class oh my god i love watching them hunt because that it's just so interesting to watch they're like over here and over there and over there and then the other dog's like why are you doing all that i just go straight through and but i'm like
1: there are times when going straight through is not going to work out little dog yeah yeah (laughs) you're absolutely right now that you now that you point that out you're absolutely right i do remember you know even saying in class did you guys notice how you know techie was that you, you, could, you could almost sort of draw a picture of what the odor was doing just by the way that he was moving. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I, I love them so much. And that's one of the great things. You know, I only offer virtual training now, but one of the wonderful things for instructors like yourself that are offered in-person grip training is the fact that all of your students get the benefit of seeing their other classmates run and then they had to have your expertise as you are narrating what's going on because they may not be able to see it, right? Or they may not be able to put all the pieces together, but that is such a wonderful learning experience. and also is a way of helping people recognize just how brilliant their dog is because yes. they can see, okay, you know, that dog, you're going to have a superstar in every single class, right? The dog is just like finding everything in like five nanoseconds and they're like shining like the sun and you're like, oh, and the other students are like, no, they're not doing so well. But then that dog is going to have a weakness at some point. You know, maybe yeah. they go too fast. They ping pong too much, whatever. And then I their know. little dog that they may have been discounting suddenly is able to do this thing that maybe no other dog in the class had an easy time doing. And being able to do all of that and narrate all of that. Oh, it's just so empowering. I love it. <laughs> Yes. i miss classes so much
1: yeah and that is the, the camaraderie that gets that produces especially i try and keep my classes together you know i'm not like you got to stay together you know but i try to do that as they go through the the levels and just you know the dogs that come in that are a little bit shy everybody's like you know holding their breath to see if the dog's gonna do something that's a little bit scary and everybody's like oh when you know when they when they do it and that's beautiful too that those relationships that develop and how everybody's supporting the dogs and maybe that's the thing about those work that I love the best is that it so much highlights the dog and it's one of the few things that do it invites people into in, to, into the dog's world in a way that I don't think anything else does um, and I do I really think that people Appreciate yeah to really love that being able to see things through their dog's nose.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. That's actually really well said because the, the wonderful thing with this activity is basically I'm just restating what you already said, is that it can help people who may otherwise not been able to quote unquote really see their dog for the first time to actually see them. And then that camaraderie that you're talking about that you're actually taking you know care with the way that you're doing your classes to keep them all together that this there is a support system where they can all learn and see and experience their dogs together and it deepens the bond just all the way around it deepens the bond between the handler and their dog but also you have the empathy from the other handlers to the other dogs and to the other handlers which then builds all these wonderful skills if they ever were interested in competing or if they weren't interested in competing at all just dealing with okay well this dog has you know something came up maybe they had an injury and now they're a little bit more reserved or maybe they're a little bit more protective because now they hurt, right? For one, as an example, I had a client who was suddenly diagnosed with wobblers, which is a spinal problem and he was a really great social dog before that but then he was in a lot of pain like if he walked a certain way he would just scream in agony it was awful Mm. but because of that he became reactive because he didn't want anyone to come up next to him really close because he couldn't react he couldn't not react as as reactive but he couldn't move out of the way quick enough for him to not feel pain and Mm. the empathy that you felt in the rest of the class knowing that this dog used to be fine, right? But now he's in pain. And because he's in pain, he's doing these different things. It had a different reaction with them than what you typically see of like, oh, that's just a bad dog. Like, no, he's not a bad dog. He actually hurts. And that's why he's doing these things. So having that ability to grow people's understanding about dogs and to have them be more open and more empathetic on both ends of the leash, I think is such a powerful thing. And I completely agree with you that nose work and set work is definitely one of the activities. If I would also agree with you, maybe the only one (laughs) that really does emphasize that point. Because a lot of it is just like human activity and the dog is along for the ride. And this is the dog and we are along for the ride, which is actually really nice. So the one thing I wanted to bring up or I wanted you to maybe to build on, was you were right. talking about how you are in your classes using primary to yes. go to other levels where it's not just introducing the dogs to the game, but you're actually then taking it maybe on the road or you're building other skills. Can you talk about yes. that a little
1: bit more? So I I do a, a you know level one introductory where the, basically the idea is that the dog's learning to be safe, comfortable, happy to search um, in boxes. And we're using whatever their thing is. So, you know, for most of the dogs, it's food. For some dogs, it's toys. And um, that's typically indoors and typically, you know, boxes involved. And then we stay on primary into our second class. And So these are six-week classes. And so the second class is we're, we're doing vehicle searches. We're doing um, exterior searches. We do field trips. So we're, we're doing much more advanced set work, nose work activities, but we're we're keeping the dogs on primary. Um, And I I wanted to do it that way because I expected that we would have dogs coming through that might have some environmental sensitivities. And I wanted to, I didn't want to run, run the risk of, you know, having them, putting them on odor. And then bumping up against those sensitivities and having, you know, running the risk of there being uh, negative associations built to the odor. Food is, I think, a more robust, um, you know, dogs have been eating for all of their lives. Um, and uh, in toys, the same way, there's typically a pretty robust positive association to those things. Um, and so I think they're less susceptible to having negative associations develop if something scary happens, or if they're like, "Ah, I can't do that thing. So anyway, that's why I I like to keep them on primary for that that additional six-week class. I don't have a problem with people, and I I recommend to people, you know, quite often, you know, I think your dog would benefit from going through number one or through number two again. And before, you know, before we progress to, let's just give them another round of, let's make sure before we add the odor.
0: Yep. And I just, I wanted you to highlight that because I think that the number one, that's brilliant. Number two is really super powerful because a human thing is that we all just assume because it's really super sexy, Oh, look, you know, a dog is finding bird. Ooh, it's like, guys, it's the same exact skills when they're finding a hot dog. Right. <laughs> but you could, like you said, so eloquently is that if the dog were to come up and let's say that they were searching an exterior search and you had the hide underneath a bush, but unbeknownst to you, part of the branch that your hide was on was semi-broken. And as a dog is trying to stick their head under there in order to sniff it, the whole thing falls down. And right. it doesn't hurt them, but it startles them enough. But as far as the dog is concerned, that could be Birch tried to kill me. Well, right. now you're kind of up the creek without a paddle because you only got Birch. <laughs> yeah. and all the dog has had a single event, you know, single event learning event. And yeah. that could potentially really be a problem. So introducing all of these various skills and hunting methodologies with food alone is a brilliant thing to do. It is absolutely, I think, one of the biggest steps that people miss and it's a really missed opportunity too, because as you said, it is more robust. You can see this even just when your dog is in the backyard or they're just doing their own thing, even inside your house, right? Where let's say their ball, their favorite is ball, and they're just sitting there entertaining themselves. You're not doing any training. You're just living your life. And I'm like, oh my, thank God my dog is doing something on their own. I can do something. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just in their living room doing their thing. And their ball runters, rolls underneath the rocking chair that normally that dog is not a fan of because it rocks. You will see that dog try their damnedest to find their ball and to get it because they want to, because they're choosing yep. to. And that yep. ball has a reinforcement history that they can try. Yep. If you had that with a eye, pretty good luck, but they would be like 10 feet away. be like, it's over there. You go get it for me. Yep. <laughs> Again, exactly. I really, I tip my hat to you for doing this because it's, it doesn't seem like much to people who just don't stop to think about it. But these kinds of choices that you're making as an instructor to best help and highlight the successes that your clients can have, and then those skills that you're importing on them, that even subconsciously that the human client is picking up on, huh, you know, my dog is a little worried about tight spaces, as an example, maybe I'm going to do some things with food first to make sure that's comfortable. And then maybe I'll do it with my birch. Yeah. Where for me, I definitely am very much not a, of the mindset of, well, once you're on birch, you can't go back. I think that's ridiculous. I go back and forth all the time. So yeah. allowing people to have that flexibility to really leverage that is great. So kudos on you. Appreciate that. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to ask you about was your dogs. Can you just tell us a little bit more
1: about them? So we heard about Doc and we heard about your new little puppy. What's your puppy's name? Uh, The new one is official name. His full name is Herrick, um, H-E-R-R-I-C-K. He came, adopted him a year ago, just after the 4th of July. um, And he came with the name Harry, um, (laughs) H-A-I-R-Y, which I wasn't a fan of. He's right. He's laying down um, right below my feet right now but he knew it, um, so I didn't want to change it because he knew it. It didn't seem to be a negative, there didn't seem to be any negative connotation for him. So um, Herrick was a compromise. It's a good, strong German name, and he, uh, and I can turn it to Harry. so I changed the spelling, so H-A-R-R-Y. He is, he's four now, he's a dachshund, I thought he was all Doxton, but I did DNA, and he's got a smidge of Schnauzer in him. Ooh, that's interesting. Which makes a whole lot of sense because he's, <laughs> he's a very perky boy as well, um, has, <laughs> has um, things to say about most everything. Um, but he's, uh, he's a lot of fun. My oldest boy, Doc Holliday, is mostly Rat Terrier, but he's got some Corgi, he's got some Doxy, um, so he's kind of long and low, black and tan dog. He's my soul dog, oh, um, oh. heart dog, and then my littlest, uh, my middle dog, is Maybelle, Um, and she is a Min Pin, Jack Russell, um, Chihuahua mix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so all little dogs I had a great game passed way too young and so I went the other extreme with my next dogs and and uh, went small do you have any people who
0: ever ask you be like wait a minute those little dogs are able to do what you're doing really
1: I haven't had that anybody ask but well part maybe because they've seen them doing it But, you know, my own experience has been that, uh, you know, anything that's higher than three or four feet, you know, is we're, we're figuring it out. Even I'm figuring it out. Um, Okay. How are we going to, you know, how are you going to pinpoint that, all of that? Um, So that's, that's been a process um, for all of us, but all three of my dogs are, are confident um, and comfortable, thankfully. So they're, they have no problem calling up on things and, you know. (laughs) getting up, putting their feet up and all those kinds of things. So it's awful nice to have, you know, if you need to, to to be able to carry a dog from, you know, one, one (laughs) third area to another. (laughs) Um, And I couldn't have done that with my big dog, Danny. Yes,
0: Um, that is definitely a perk.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I know you you are a Doberman person, so I'm sure you couldn't uh, couldn't carry the Dobermans no. from the area. <laughs> no, yeah.
0: no, 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 no. Do you
1: do you have a dog now, or are you still without a dog right now? I
0: am currently dogless, and will probably be dogless for the foreseeable future. So basically, since I rent, I the, the housing market is such right now that it's not clear whether or not if we needed to move again. that we'd be able to get guaranteed to be another rental that would accept dogs. So I just, I would never forgive myself if we moved in somewhere, had a dog and they're like, Oh yeah, get rid of the dog. Be like, no. And on top of that, my body has just been a mess and I would not be able to even take care of a puppy right now. So the goal is to be dogless (laughs) until we're able to buy a house And for me to sort out at least so I could potentially take care of a puppy, but there's a really good chance that I just physically wouldn't be able to do it. So I'm living vicariously through my clients.
1: (laughs) That's tough though. I'm sure it's gotta be tough to not have a, four-legged creditor in the home.
0: Oh yeah, it is. But I have to say one of the great things about the two businesses that I have is being able to see all of the experiences that the clients are having. So even like with Cypress Network in particular, being able to see people that I don't know that again, around the world are sending us entries and they submit an entry, we review it, And then having them submit another one, particularly when they are getting the feedback that maybe they weren't doing maybe the jackpots or they weren't doing the parties and we give bonus points for those. So then they're like, oh, I can get bonus points. Yes, maybe maybe you should do that for bonus points. (laughs) And then they do those. And the way that they light up with their dog and the way the dog lights up. Oh, my God. It is. It is something that carries me over every single day is being able to look at those videos of those people and those dogs having the time of their lives and improving and deepening that bond. Oh, I'm getting such a sack in my old age. Like I'm sitting here, I'm like bawling like a fucking like child. And I was like,
1: oh, look at you with your body. Uh, I'm the right there with you. I, I cry at commercials. I, I get it. Yeah, totally get it. So talking about CyberSentwork, how did you find out about it? I've been a longtime fan of um, Centwork University. Have taken, you know, a, a good number of the webinars. Love, love the instruction. And so I was there when yeah, Cyber work was like, "Hey guys, we're <laughs> going to do this thing." And um, I think it's fabulous. Um, the program is. There's so many benefits to Cyber work, not only for you know, myself personally, but also it's fabulous. If you're, if you are an instructor, it's a, it's another offering, you know, that we can, we can give to our students. So it's, it's just fabulous. So how did you use it with your own students? I had practice class um, and I was offering it to anybody that had taken at least a level one um nose work class um and so you know anybody from primary all the way up to um you know doing uh, field trip classes on odor on on target odor and that was you know so we were already doing those classes and then when uh cyber scent work came around and i was like oh and i i uh did the oh teaching cyber scent work webinar or seminar (laughs) Um, and so then after I did that, I was like, okay, I can, I can, opt. so I, so I added it as a potential um, during those practice sessions. And of course, everybody that was doing the practice sessions was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what I love about cyber Set work the most is that you can, uh, you can do it, whether you're still on food or whether you're already on odor. Um, and that, that's, that's not true of any of the other, you know, trialing um, places where you can trial, whether that's, you know, there are, there are places now where you can do virtual trialing, but uh, I mean, I guess I could be wrong. Maybe there are still places, there are places that I just don't know of where you can do it on with food but, or, or with toys, but I don't think there are.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I think there may be, I think AKC just started something where it's something separate from them that maybe you can hunt for toys, or maybe okay. it's sent articles or something like that. But okay. there's, I don't think there's anyone that's doing food.
1: Yeah. Um, and I just think that's brilliant. I mean, kudos to you guys for deciding to, to do that, because there are lots of people that have no interest in ever um, going on odor. Um, and this gives them you know, a taste of, you know, the trialing portion of it. it gives them a chance to win ribbons. It gives them, you know, it gives them all of that stuff that they would have never have had a chance. And, you know, maybe people were, you know, putting their dogs on odor, um, you know, sooner than they should have, because they were like, I got to get to that, got to get to the trials, got to get to the trials. And so, you know, maybe this is giving them a chance to, you um, Slow down a little bit and um, still get that, you know, scratch that edge of competition. <laughs> right. um, but give their dog the time. Exactly. Um, so that's that's been the biggest benefit for me as an instructor is to be being able to offer it to all of my students. And I experienced this myself because when my you know as my students were doing it, I was doing it as well with Harry, the brand new dog. So he was on primary as well back then. And, you know, you wouldn't think that, you know, being on video and having to remember to say um, alert and finish and, you know, all that stuff would be stressful. But it is, (laughs) Um, you know, I remember like, what am I supposed to say? And like my brain wouldn't come up with the right word so that it does add experience a bit of the stress of competition Um, so i think that's a benefit um, of doing this and you know it's kind of almost like a a gateway to the real deal if you want to call it um going to trials in person that's the real deal the feedback that my students got was fantastic you know insightful kind and you know, they were students were sharing the feedback with me, so I was like, "Oh yeah!" Um, so it was helpful even to me to to be you know, you know, I was seeing things I hadn't seen that they were that they were suggesting or noticing. And I'm really excited, by the way, about that. There's now going to be the video yeah. feedback. That's no, going to be very cool. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be very cool. And then we've had. Um, a couple of um, teams come through where the, the I don't think they've submitted anything, but but they've um, they've done the practice stuff. Um, and so they, they may eventually submit some stuff where the dog is, you know, a fantastic searcher. The, the human side of the team um, has some limitations. And so that team is probably not ever going to be able to do live you know, in-person trials. Um, and so the cyber scent work is an outlet for, for those kinds of, you know, it's not just for reactive dogs who, you know, really reactive dogs who, who you really shouldn't be trialing with, you know, biting dogs that you really shouldn't be trialing with, but there are, you know, other components of teams that sometimes will keep people from being able to, to trial and cyber scent work fills in that whole, quite nicely.
0: Awesome. Well, first of all, I'm I'm happy to hear that that's that it's gone well.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's always
0: good to hear. It. It's like, oh, okay. but yes, I'm very very excited about the video reviews as well because I think that's going to be providing a lot of quality yeah. for people. I mean, the the write ups we would try, but then we were like, it'd be so much easier if we can just like show you in the video, like here and this yes. and that. <laughs>
1: Yes, and now absolutely. we're going to be able to do
0: that. So we're absolutely. very excited. And oh, and the,
1: ribbons too, of course. Yes, of and course. More ribbons. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting somewhat patiently for my ribbons to come.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: It was something that we
0: kept getting was, Hi, like so I got my level title and I thank you for my ribbon, but you know, could we maybe get some more ribbons? And I'm like, okay, fine. So now we're just waiting for our poor little ribbon vendor because the way the world is right now, they are just inundated, you know, trying to, you know, get supplies, whatever else. So as soon as we get them, we are sending them out. But these poor people are just working night and day trying to get us these orders. Like, okay, just whenever you can, but just know that our, our our clients are just, they have their pitchforks ready. They haven't stormed the castle yet but they have them in hand. <laughs> um, but the other thing I wanted to point out that you mentioned was the fact that while, of course, it's a, still a business we would love for everyone to submit with us, is that you don't have to. Is that you can use this as a way to practice with your dogs to for instructors to leverage this capability of, you know, giving you the incentive of videoing and then even yes. just doing the review with your own clients is yes. such a big deal because... Mm-hmm. You can see more things in the video when you're watching it back. And something that instructors may want to think about, even if you don't do anything with Cybersetwork whatsoever, is potentially setting up something like a Facebook group or some other kind of social media thing where you can post the videos from the actual class and you all can talk about it afterwards.
1: Because this is
0: way that you can really, as an instructor, you can leverage everything that your clients are learning. Again, you can build upon all those different kinds of skills, and deepen those bonds and everything else. You can point out specific things. And that's one of the things that we wanted to do with Cyberset was like, of course, we would like for people to participate with us, but really I'm a very big picture kind of person. So I just want to address problems. And the problems were that, you know, people were rushing into trial when they shouldn't be. People were attending trials when they shouldn't be. There was a huge issue where people were trying to reverse engineer what they were finding out at trial and then blowing up all their training when they really didn't need to. Because they right. weren't getting training feedback at trial, right? They were getting like these tiny little tidbits that weren't, they may have just been snapshots in time, but they weren't reflective of what that team actually really needed. And they were trying to figure out, well, how do I do what this person wanted me to do? Because it wasn't saying, okay, now do this, 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 and this. It was just simply say, you know, will you rush your dog? No, oh, okay. <laughs> what do I do with that? Because that's yeah. not what trials are for. Trials are tests. They're not there for training. And right. the biggest thing is I just want more people playing. I want more people practicing. And I want everyone to be able to do it. I don't want there to be these limitations. I want there to be these camps. Every single dog should be doing scent work. Every single dog on the planet should be doing this. So again, I just want for everyone listening, yes, I would love you all to submit entries to us. We would love it very much. Our bank account would love it very much. <laughs> the, our, vet, our ribbon vendor would love it very much. All that would be fine, right? Of course. But I would really even more prefer for you to take the things that we're putting together with Cypress Network and then leverage it so particularly for instructors to better help your clients, to better help yourselves, and also to use this as a resource. That even if you just did one of these practice uh, classes that Tracy is talking about, and that you had submitted some entries, whatever, that the feedback that you receive from our review officials, you can use as a way to supplement your own program of just getting that other pair of eyes to look and you're like, well, you know, I don't really want to do that. Then don't worry, go over to St. University and just order a video review, (laughs) order a a video consultation. Like we have, I've been extraordinarily fortunate to have very experienced professionals uh, team up with me as far as participating in these various businesses. And my goal is to have us treat each other as like colleagues and partners in crime, as opposed to just "ooh, you are doing the same business that I am." Ugh. Like no, I'm not into that. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: So We're I really appreciate
0: team. you have We're that. all
1: on the same team. Exactly. We're, We're same, all same. team dog. All team dog. <laughs> exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I really do appreciate you spending all this time with me. It was really, really great. I really wish you and your pups all the best. And thank you. Definitely, if there's anything else that we can do to help you on our end, please feel free to let me know.
1: Thank you, Diana. This was a lot of fun. It was lovely to see your face <laughs> and and attach it to a to a voice. And really do appreciate um, all of the um the training that you guys provide through the Cent Work University. And I really love Cyber Work. I think it's fantastic.
0: In case it wasn't obvious, I love hearing from people. <laughs> Again, I really do appreciate Tracy taking the time in order to share her story with us. And in it, you can really hear that she's passionate about dog training. She's passionate about dogs. She's passionate about work, And hearing about her journey as far as different training methodologies, and even the way that she's really dived in into becoming a CNWI through NSCSW is amazing. And hearing about the feedback that she's received from Cyber Centwerk. And I can tell you that, you know, she is just fantastic as far as the videos that we have seen that she submitted for herself and also for her clients, the passion is there and again, sharing that joy that work can bring to all dogs is something that I am, again, a huge fan of. <laughs> so I really do want to thank Tracy, not only for participating in this podcast, but also for all she's doing as an instructor, and I hope that anyone who is an instructor, who is helping more dogs and handlers get hooked onto setwork. Again, even if they don't have any plans of ever competing, that's not the important part. The important part is being able to play the game and to have all the benefits that setwork can afford as far as deepening that bond between dog and handler, giving the dog the opportunity to do something that they are really, really good at, and all the benefits that can afford both ends of the leash. So if you are out there as an instructor like Tracy and you are helping people really love the game of set market, I tip my hat to you and I say, thank you <laughs> because you are awesome. So again, I really want to give a huge thank you and shout out to Tracy for talking to us about this podcast. But again, we love hearing from all of our clients, but again, I want to hear from all of you. Did you enjoy this podcast? Are there other topics that you guys are interested in? We are in the process of putting together some additional roundtable discussions with our instructors. I'm really looking forward to those. We will absolutely be continuing this the Cyber Step Work series because I just love doing these. <laughs> We're also going to be continuing our spotlight series, and that's where we talk to individuals or businesses that are giving back to the separate community, trying to learn a little bit more about them and to say thank you for what they are doing. So if you know of an individual or a business that's really giving back, please let me know because I would love to talk to them. Again, I want to thank you all for supporting our podcast. We've just passed 55,000 downloads, which is crazy. <laughs> we have a very few number of episodes, and to have that many downloads is just. It's amazing. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. We really do appreciate it. Happy train. We look forward to seeing you soon.